This is quickly turning into everybody's favorite episode. It's the intro keys to the game. Ole Miss versus LSU, Tiger Stadium. This is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. You are Locked On Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Um, also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. You can follow me at the Stephen Willis. I say all, all kinds of nonsense every day. Jackson Dart, his time is here. The reason he was recruited starts now. This is going to be a big get, big day for Jackson Dart. Because you have to imagine, LSU, and they do have talented athletes. You saw the recruiting rankings for the last four years. There's talented athletes on that team. They're going to load up to stop the run. They're going to do what they can to force a stoppage there and force Jackson Dart to win the game. It is up to Jackson Dart to show up like he did against Vanderbilt. Make that deep, the defensive backs worry about what's behind them. If that can happen to where they don't flow forward, the linebackers don't flow forward, that could open up the running back even more. So it's going to be important this game that there are some explosive plays in the pass game. Last week, 448 yards rushing, that was the direct result of throwing for 448 yards the week before, period. The fact that Auburn was worried about people getting behind them early in that game, there was an explosive pass to um, um, Dayton Wade, for a touchdown that got out Auburn really concerned about what could possibly happen. And because of that, Ole Miss was able to run the ball. The holes were a little bit bigger. The people coming down to fit their gaps was a half second slower. It was a huge deal to where the previous week's film directly influenced this week's game. Now, I think that's going to happen again at LSU. I think 448 yards rushing that is going to be the thing that LSU sets their mind to stopping this week. And you're going to see them really crash against the line of scrimmage. You're going to see them man up on the outside and trust their cornerbacks to cover wide receivers, which means you're going to see a ton of double moves. So if pass protection is there, some explosive plays are going to be had in the passing game, historically. I mean, I'm not making any wild presumptions or predictions here, but that is what will happen. The double move, Dayton Wade um, did a quick out and then just ran to the post, and he was wide open to the point where it wasn't a particularly good pass, but he was so open, it didn't really matter. Also, the flip side of that is you don't want Jackson Dart to overthrow it, underthrow a bad pass like that, give your receiver a chance, and he did. But you, I think you will see LSU play a little bit of man coverage and sell out to stop the run. I think Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins scare the heck out of them coming into this game. I think Jackson Dart is a runner. Scares the heck out of them. I think the two pass plays for touchdowns two and three that Ole Miss put on film is going to scare the heck out of LSU. 
It is an absolute, we always joke all the time about this torturing linebackers, but that little fake pop pass, everything, every key red is for the linebacker to come up and make that tackle. Zach Evans slips around behind him. He's wide open. The other one is, hey, let's get the defense in a certain look and really just flank them with the running back, throw a flare pass. He walks in the end zone untouched. Those things really scare linebackers. Now, if LSU was playing man defense, which they could, like I said, this feels like a game to where they're going to come up on the outside, man the receivers, man them at linebacker, and um, put pressure to stop the running game. This is an eight-man box type of game, in my opinion. And if that happens, it's, it's really going to come down to Jackson Dart. But if you think about it, that's why we opened the transfer portal. Up until now, I mean, let's be real. Up until now, Luke Altmaier could have been the quarterback for Ole Miss and it been pretty much the same thing, the same result. So little has been asked of the quarterback position up until this point, save for one game against Vanderbilt. So little has been asked of that position. Can he step up? And in the third segment of this show, we're going to get into Tiger Stadium and the aura that that brings and what it can do to young quarterbacks and young players in general. We'll talk about that in segment three. But the importance of Jackson Dart having a good game, and I'm not talking about throwing for 450 yards or them passing the ball 50 times. I just want him to be efficient and avoid disaster plays. If he does that, you're in a position to where the offense can move. It will be successful. The chains are going to keep going. You have a chance to put the linebackers at LSU in a perilous position. One of their players, really good player, true freshman. So there's a chance he can be got a little bit in the pass game, in the run game, with so much eye candy that they're going to see. Because this past week against Auburn, the jet sweep finally emerged in the game plan. Good player. Dayton Wade had like 60 yards rushing. He is um, the fourth wide receiver, though, right now, if anybody has any questions. I think when Jalen Robinson comes back, I think that could change things a little bit. But right now, Dayton Wade is the fourth guy um, out there. Now, I am convinced that sometime in the next three weeks, either LSU, A&M, or Alabama, depending on when they feel they really need it, I think you're going to see 20 personnel, and that is – Two running backs, no tight ends. And I think you're going to see not just a steady helping of it, but there will be a package put in of different two or three plays that are are out of that formation. You're going to see Quinshawn Judkins, Zach Evans, and let go. That's what they're going to do. And, And honestly, they should do it because it puts them in a position to where there's not a donut-sized hole in the middle of the field because they need to use it. You've heard me and Bill Flowers every week. There's some people that complain about Bill Flowers and harping on this over and over again, but we're harping on it because it needs to be there. It is an important piece of this offense that right now is not there. It is the next developmental step. And once they hit it, this offense can really take off. They obviously can run the ball like service academy level run the ball. They've got a huge passing game, good for 10th in the school history, throwing the football. They can beat you multiple ways offensively. But 
I think it's important that a little bit of both shows up in a game plan because we haven't had that yet. We haven't had a little bit of both show up. We haven't had a 250-yard passing day and a 250-yard rushing day. That needs to happen. So this is the game that Jackson Dart was recruited for. This is the game that he was expected to perform. This is why we brought him to Oxford. The next five games, this is his gauntlet. You got weapons everywhere else, but where Ole Miss finishes will be directly related to maximizing the quarterback position, period. And that's I would have said the same if it was Luke Altmeyer. I'd have said the same, heck, if Matt Corral came back. This season was all going to be about maxing the quarterback position. And it starts this weekend. Because if you look at our schedule, if you look at our schedule, LSU is probably the second most difficult game in this gauntlet. Now, if you look at scheduling and the way they set up with Texas A&M basically being a trap game and Arkansas basically being a trap game, it may not be the most, second most difficult. But it's a difficult game. If you, go, if you put everybody on a, meet, on a neutral field, LSU would probably be the second most difficult team that Ole Miss played. Mississippi State third, Arkansas fourth. So, or, and A&M, honestly. But they're not at neutral fields. This game's at Tiger Stadium. This is going to be a big deal. Ole Miss normally plays well at Tiger Stadium. It, they like the big moment. It, this goes back to the 1950s and 60s where Johnny Vaught, he was okay with playing every game in Tiger Stadium. Massive attendance, a huge, huge game. Like the environment of Tiger Stadium. So we just played games there. And traditionally after that, Ole Miss just didn't bow to the mystique of Tiger Stadium. I think Ole Miss has the second most wins in Tiger Stadium of any opponent, Alabama being the team that is winning at the moment. But this is a huge game. This is a big game, and this is why we recruit at Jackson Dart. This is why he is at Ole Miss for games like this. I expect Ole Miss to go out and play well. I expect him to play well. But his performance is going to determine exactly how Saturday goes. Just is what it is. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us hard and is hitting us where it hurts. And it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Basically, I use it at the gas station. Whenever I go to Wawa, uh, you sit there, check in, do all this, and pay for the gas as normal, boom. It's like a rewards tank. So if the gas is going to go up, you might as well at least get cash back for it. So to get started, you download the free Upside app, use my promo code, LOCKED, that's one word, LOCKED, and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim the offer for wherever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times or more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning up more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED. 
to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's 5 bucks or more cash back on your first purchase of 10 bucks or more using promo code LOCKED. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including iTunes and Spotify. Do us a favor and leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify. That will help others that are trying to find the show find the show. If you go to the Google machine and put in Ole Miss podcast, um, the Locked On Ole Miss podcast will be front and center. So do that for me as well. Thank you very much for that. All right. In the first segment, we talked about how this is why we recruit at Jackson Dart, a game of this magnitude. Now, let's go to the other side of the ball. We saw what Robbie Ashford did. We saw what they did defensively, and there's a lot of stuff that they've got to get right. They've got to get up for. They've got to get ready to handle their business. And part of that is containing Jaden Daniels. Now, he essentially is their offense. Now, they have good wide receivers, Keishon Boutte, um, something, I think Malik Neighbors, Jack Besh, um, a couple of tight ends that are decent. They, they have a decent team. They have some skilled players. But in recent weeks, Jaden Daniels has gone from being everything on the ground because they don't run for many yards. They're, they're, they're not that team. They're the team that wants to throw for 350 and run for 120. They're, they're like a plus version, a little bit of Mississippi State, even though they don't run the air raid. So this is a situation where Ole Miss's defense could be a um, tactical advantage over LSU. I know everybody sees that. It's like, what happens if LSU winds up in two tight ends and in the I formation? And it's like, well, that's not LSU's offense. They don't do that. If you put in a package and change everything up, that could get dangerous. Anything that looks a little bit different can look dangerous, get, can get dangerous. And it'll help the defense because Ole Miss can go into four, um, four linemen. They can play some goal line step. So if LSU wants to go into an extremely small package based around this so they can replicate what um, Kentucky did or what Vanderbilt did or what Auburn did, because that's three teams that can kind of line up and run the ball. Well, it's not. that's not what you do. That's not your game plan. It's, it's going to be problematic for you. Remember, when everybody says, I hate the three-man line, I hate the three-man line, that's just because they hate what we're doing right now. They don't hate a three-man line because Georgia runs a three-man line and doesn't have any problem with that. Lots of teams run a three-man line. It's a spread offense thing. So understand that it could happen. But Ole Miss needs to contain Jane Daniels, and I don't necessarily mean let him outside. I mean, just so he doesn't go crazy. Holding to 40 or 50 yards rushing, 210 yards passing, that ballpark. If Ole Miss does that, they're going to be fine. But Jaden Daniels, good player. He had a good game against um, LSU. I think LSU won 45 to 35 in a matchup of identical teams. LSU and Florida might as well be the same team. But... He had a pretty good game. He had three rushing touchdowns and three passing touchdowns. You can't let him go off like that in this game Saturday. You need to contain him. You need to contain Boutte. Um, you need to get some hurt players that Ole Miss has defensively back out on the field because now is where you need them. You need Cedric Johnson to play. 
and he him kind of be the dude. You need Troy Brown to feel better. I don't think I saw Miles Battle out for the game um, against Auburn as well. I, I saw um, Igmanosin and um, DeAndre Prince. But Miles Battle needs to be back as well. LSU is a special, special place, and it, it it's a damaging place for opponents. It's, it's crazy atmosphere. So whenever you're trying to contain that, it'll be eerily quiet when LSU has the football. So communication shouldn't be a problem. You should be able to do exactly what you need to do. But there's some dudes on that side of the ball. Not necessarily running the ball because John Emery, decent running back. Um, Josh Williams, decent running back. They're going to carry the load, but they're not going to be they're not Tank Bigsby. So, you have to see how they are with, um, essentially, you hate to say this, arm tackles. Tank Bigsby could run through arm tackles. Tank Bigsby made a, has made a career out of owning Ole Miss running the football. The problem is they couldn't outscore Ole Miss. Because here's the dirty little secret that everybody knows about. It doesn't matter what you do and how well you do it if you can't outscore the team you're playing against. Auburn never had the ball with a chance to tie the game. Not once. Never had the ball with a chance to tie the game. Now, people are going to freak out about it. Like I said, I get it. It is what it is. It wasn't the best look defensively. But remember that Auburn never had the ball with a chance to tie the game. The next time people say, Ole Miss was lucky to win this game. Or if Ole Miss plays just like this, they're going to lose down the road. Both statements are empirically false. See, the thing about it is when people go hyper, super negative about Ole Miss football or any football team, you could be a fan of Georgia, you could be a fan of Mississippi State, it doesn't matter. But when people go hyper-negative and say, you can't do that against an SEC team and win. Because that's the thing. We heard that this year. You can't do that against an SEC team. This is some mythical thing. Well, what they mean is you can't do that against Alabama and win. To which case, I would say, duh. But unless you're playing Alabama that weekend, you don't have to. And Alabama is coming off a bye week, and that team will be hyper-up at a huge level. And they don't have a person that can play murder ball the way that Brian Robinson did last year. They might hand it to Jace McClellan or Roy Dell Williams or that, but Jameer Gibbs isn't that dude. So Mississippi State's not that team. There's only two teams left on the schedule that you legit have to worry about murder ball. And that is um, Arkansas. That's the team left on the schedule. LSU can't really do it. Um, A&M can't really do it. Alabama can't do it. Mississippi State can't do it. It just is what it is. Now, Alabama can play straight up. They don't have to. They'd like to, but they don't have to. Texas A&M tried to a little bit last year, but couldn't. So, we'll see exactly how it looks. You need to contain Jaden Daniels. 
That is the key. Do not let a plus Robbie Ashford have a Robbie Ashford type yet day. You need to put the, put it in his hands to where he has to do something and then stop him. It's very simple there. Do not let him run around. Do not let him turn into Bo Nix and be a super athlete back there. Do not let any of that stuff happen. Stop the run on run on rundowns. Get to third down and six plus, which we could not do very often against Auburn. And even when we did, we allowed Robbie Ashford to make a play because he converted two third and eight plus in that game. And just let it happen. Just let the game happen. Because Jaden Daniels is LSU. If Jaden Daniels has a bad game. If he has a bad game, LSU doesn't have a chance. If Ole Miss can run the ball like they did against Auburn, LSU doesn't have a chance. I don't care about the line. If you look down below at the line, um, Ole Miss is now a one-point favorite. The over-under has gone up to 64 points. This is 230 on CBS. It's a big, big game. But if Ole Miss can run like they did against Auburn, it doesn't matter what LSU does. Jaden Daniels has a bad game. It doesn't really matter what LSU does. It's going to be interesting. Decent team. There's weapons there. They can win the game. Ole Miss can go 7-5 and five the rest of the way, or they can go 12-0. and up. That is the swing that we're looking at after one week. We got five games left. They could go seven and five. They could go twelve and zero, or anywhere in between. So people that want to do the game by game predictions, this is the point where it could vary greatly. Most everybody thought Ole Miss would be seven and zero right now. If you just looked at their schedule, I know that some people probably thought that Kentucky was going to win that game, um, but no, seven and zero. And the next two weeks, this LSU game, which is absolutely massive, and Texas A&M is about survival. It doesn't matter if you win by one point or 40, just win the game. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across Locked On College Network titled Thrilling Moments, where we highlight the most exciting play from the Ole Miss game this week or throughout history of our alma mater. Today's thrilling moment from the Ole Miss game was... Quinchon Jetkins and his 41-yard touchdown. That game essentially put the game away, but it was a simple inside zone play. Messing with the linebackers, going side to side. The jet sweep caused that. They were worried about the pass. They were leaning back. They were a little bit slow. It was a typical end-of-the-game type run play for Ole Miss. Well, Quinshawn Judkins was able to split the linebackers, and once he got into the secondary, it was over. He took it to the house. House call, and it was Unbelievably impressive. Ole Miss ran for 448 yards. Judkins had 139 and two touchdowns. Zach Evans had 136 and, and a touchdown. And, of course, Jackson Dart had 115. Three 100-yard rushers in one game. That's impressive. That is absolutely impressive. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs across Nissan's new group lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you. In, all, in the all-new Frontier Armada or Pathfinder today, it's available at NissanUSA.com. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, upvote the video itself. Later on as this week hits up, we have Chris Gordy, we have Caroline Fenton. We're going to hit our normal people up. And Friday, I've got a day at fun. I will be at Epcot all day. So if I'm out of pocket, that is why. 
there. But we're going to ride Guardians of the Galaxy and do Food and Wine Festival. So, you know, pass holder life, right? Anyway, the last segment is Handle the Atmosphere. I've spent two or three days now talking about how LSU loves to beat an elite Ole Miss team. And that seven, besides Ole Miss' name, it doesn't matter how they play. If you have that seven, you're an elite team to them. It's all about perception, and they are going to be unbelievably up for the game. To the point where I expect the fans to take the cue. They love to beat an elite Ole Miss team. Love it. If you go back to 2014, Ross Dellinger calls that the loudest college football stadium he's ever been to when he was in Tiger Stadium in that Ole Miss game. That was a 10-7 LSU win. 1959, Billy Cannon's run. 1960, tie, 10-10. All of this happened when Ole Miss was at their best. They have traditionally struggled against LSU in a situation where they were elite. Focus has to be there. It's noise. It shakes. It's all of those things. Now, Ole Miss has a team of 33 transfers. Great players. Not saying they're not. But this is their first true road game. Until this point, they've played at Georgia Tech and at Vanderbilt. Not exactly a murderer's row. This will be a first legit road game. First time they have to use a silent count. First time they need to use hand signals with outside receivers. It may slow down the tempo just a little bit. It may cause false starts to happen. There are several things that can make this go haywire in a hurry. And false starts and stuff like that can take a third and three and make a third and eight. These are situations that can cost you a game. And LSU's Tiger Stadium is a place where that happens with regularity. There's been earthquakes that have happened during that game. And they genuinely, like I said, like beating elite Ole Miss teams. So, Jackson Dart in this atmosphere. He has never played in an atmosphere like this. Nothing. This will be the first time he's stepped foot in here. Um, Lee Keith knows what it's like. He's played in these atmospheres. Jonathan Mingo was going to be fine. Jalen Watkins, he might not. Zach Evans, might not. Quinshawn Judkins, this time last year, was playing at a high school in Pike Road, Alabama. So, Jared Ivey played at Georgia Tech. Probably not. Troy Brown was at Central Michigan. Probably not, even though he's played at Tiger Stadium. But this is a different atmosphere of Tiger Stadium. Ashim Young. Probably not. So, understand that there will be an adjustment period for t- players whenever they get into the stadium. Now, are these players that rise to the level of the crowd noise? When these ri- these crazy games happen, they raise their level up. They did against Kentucky and kind of jumped on the Wildcats, but the crowd was flipped there. How's it going to look like whenever the crowd is, is third and seven and the crowd is absolutely going nuts and Ole Miss is required to make it first down? to keep a drive going. How is that going to look? So much of this game is going to be about handling the atmosphere. So much of this game is going to be about how Ole Miss handles this situation going into the game. This is going to be a big game. And after this game, this shouldn't be a worry again. Even going into 100,000 seats at College Station, good, no problem. Going to Fayetteville, fine. 
I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to win those games. I'm just saying that after this Tiger Stadium atmosphere and the trial by fire, unless numerous problems pop up in the game, you're going to see whether or not they can handle it. Because they're not going to see another atmosphere like this. The two other places that could be like this a little bit, they're playing at home versus Alabama and against Mississippi State. So this is going to be the atmosphere. This is going to be the game. The Tennessee game from last year, this year. We all thought it was going to be um, Texas A&M when Jimbo called Lane Kiffin a clown and all that in the offseason. But I think it's going to be this game. And we'll see how it looks. They're going to have a game plan of how they attack. It's going to be, in some ways, how they can copy what Auburn did, Vanderbilt did, and Kentucky did. You're going to see them play slow. They want this game to be a 20-14 to 14 game. If this game gets in the 30s, major advantage Ole Miss. So we'll see how it goes. But those are the three things that we are looking for. First of all, is that Jackson Dart's time is here. It's right now. This is why we recruited you. Two, we have to contain Jaden Daniels. Do not let LSU's quarterback completely destroy what Ole Miss is doing. And also, you got to handle that atmosphere. It's going to feel like a really big-time game. Doesn't, doesn't even matter how you perceive this game. It's going to feel like a big-time game. It's going to be Tiger Stadium. Thank goodness we have sunshine that day. We'll see how it goes. But get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. That's Locked On, SEC. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in today. Tomorrow, we'll get into some what to watch for. Um, I'm trying to decide whether or not I'm going to have Chris Gordy or we're going to save him for the weekend. We might save him for the weekend. Tomorrow, Caroline Fenton, we're going to do a crossover episode um, talking. um, No, Thursday, we're doing our crossover episode. Um, So it won't be tomorrow. But Caroline Fenton is going to come on and we're going to talk about LSU. It's going to be, you're going to hear from 10 or so different people discussing this game. That, that's one of our points of pride is the number of people that actually listen to the show and give their perspective of how they perceive things are going. And people are reaching out to me all the time. Somebody reached out just the other day wanting to be on the show. And I told him we're booked up this week, but just remind me my memory's terrible and we'll get you on at a later date in the season as well. So, I'm excited. I'm really fired up, and I hope you are too. It's going to be a fun weekend. Ole Miss, one-point favorite over LSU. Over-under has gone up 64 points. It's a 2.30 Central Time game on CBS Sports. I'm Stephen Willis. This has been the Locked On Ole Miss podcast, and we will see you tomorrow.